stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning, everybody. Um, Jason Goins here, Rick Bonfem Ministries. Uh, <clears throat> well, we just finished up the book of James. If you watched yesterday, John rounded it out for us, and uh, well, it was that was quite a good a good study. Had a lot of uh, great lessons. If you haven't seen any of them, or if you haven't seen, you know, if you watch a certain day of the week and you've missed, you know. Thursdays or Fridays or Mondays or whatever, I, I encourage you to go back and watch those um, episodes. Really good <coughs> um, teachings there. So let me let me start us out with a little prayer this morning. Lord, I just I thank you for today and every day, Lord. I thank you. I thank you for all that you've done and all that you're about to do in this time in our lives. In Jesus' name. So today, I um, <clears throat> want to start us out in the book of First Peter, which if you're following along in your paper Bible there, it's right after James. So we're just coming right on the back end of James. And um, here's, what, here's what Peter has to say to begin. I'm going to just give us a real... Uh, Light intro today to the book of Peter. Okay, and Peter says this <clears throat> from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with His blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. <clears throat> I'm just going to cover this first two uh, verses here and, and kind of you know give us an idea of, of who Peter is, what he's, what he's writing to these people about, and, and who the people he's writing to are. Um, so, <clears throat> if you don't know who Peter is, he's one of Jesus' closest disciples, right? He, um, when Jesus would split off from people, he would split down to 12, and then sometimes he'd even split down to having three disciples, and Peter was one of those three. So he's one of Jesus' inner circle, closest friends, closest allies, and nearest disciples. Right? And Peter here <clears throat> is acting as an apostle, as he says, right? And this comes from, um, in 1 John, we see just how close, I'm sorry, in John 21, we see just how close Jesus and Peter are, right? Peter um, had turned his back on Jesus while he was being crucified. And Jesus came back to him to bring him back into the fold of the apostles, right? Peter, Peter really has, you know, come down hard on himself. And and by this conversation in in John 21, he almost maybe counted himself alongside of people like Judas or others, right? And but but Jesus said this to Peter. He he 
had a discussion with him, and they were talking and walking um, by themselves. And, and Jesus asked him repetitively, Peter, do you love me? And I'm just going to read the, the end of the conversation here. And it says this, Jesus said to him a third time, Simon, which is Peter, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Truly I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Right? So, Jesus had a personal conversation with Peter to encourage him as a leader of this new church that's about to be born that he, that he is the one to give spiritual food to the people. And Peter's writing in his mind, I believe, some of these conversations. That he would go places that he wouldn't want to go. He's actually writing. He, he starts his letter off to the exiles, right? Exiles are not people that are where they want to be. If you're in exile, you're not in a place, you know, where you decided you would get on the airplane and go on a vacation to the beach, you're, you've been taken somewhere by someone else, just like in this conversation, right? So this is what he says. He says, to those who are elect <coughs> exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, right? We're remembering, if we remember kind of the whole council of Scripture, if we look back into Acts, these that, that Peter is listing right here are the parts of, of the um, Roman Empire that Paul originally, Paul wanted to go visit them on his second trip out, right? And, and he goes, <coughs> and the, for some reason the Holy Spirit stops him, Right? If any of you are on your way to the, our Turkey trip, you'll understand that the nation of Turkey is these places. So he's talking to the people in the nation that is now Turkey, right? And, and you'd be really surprised how much the early church was involved in that area, in that nation that we call Turkey today. I mean, there are churches everywhere. Um, in that time, and, and they're developing. And Peter <clears throat> obviously has a relationship with this half that Paul didn't go to. Paul Paul went one way, and Peter obviously had had some influence because he's writing them a letter. <clears throat> and Paul does write a book to the Galatians, but he says, well, I didn't get a chance to visit you, right? So Peter's writing this to those people that have been dispersed, that have been exiled <coughs> in that time all around those countries, right? Jerusalem, 
was in turmoil, and at some point it fell, and people were cast out all throughout the nations. <clears throat> and some of these letters from these apostles that are not Paul are written to people that had to run away to get away from real like persecution that would cause them death. <clears throat> right? And he says... He says it just like this, right? As though he's imparting that that second prophecy, that prophecy of Jesus onto these people. He says, this is a letter to you in these nations that you were exiled into a place you don't want to be in all of these countries, all around Asia, all around the modern nation of Turkey, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. <clears throat> Right, so he's saying, basically, that that this movement, that this exile that's happening is a prophetic work of God that happened. God, God knew you were going to be in the place you're, you are right now, right? It may not be the place you want to be, but it is the place that you are right now, and the Lord knew it when He called you, that He would have you in the place that you are, in the time that you are. <clears throat> and that's what—that's really what Peter's introducing right here in this letter. Right? He, it, it reminded me, as I read it this morning, of, of this verse um, from Jeremiah. You, you hear it a lot, right? Jeremiah 29.11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, <clears throat> to give you future and a hope. But we usually kind of stop there, right? But it says in 12 and 13, it says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I'll hear you. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. <clears throat> so these are the people that Peter is talking to. <clears throat> he says, the elect, right? That's the elect. The people that have decided to go seeking the Lord with all their heart. And they found Him. <clears throat> and they're out here <laughs> in all of these new places as exiles, as, as strangers, as... Um, I think one of the versions says aliens, right? They're, they're people that don't belong <clears throat> in the place where they are. And, it, and then Peter goes on to say, you guys are elect because God knew that you were going to be right where you are right now and that you in the sanctification of the Spirit. <clears throat> that you would be you would have been sanctified in the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit had come on you and had made you and prepared you for for this time. You see, again, we have to remember in our minds when we when we begin to read this story and we begin to read some of the things that Peter's going to say, right? He's going to talk about priesthood of believers. He's going to talk about um, being holy as God is holy. He's going to talk about um, 
being hope to the world. He's going to be talking about a, a lot of Old Testament concepts, right? <clears throat> and so you have we have to remember that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <clears throat> and so the Old Testament, we can't read this and and get as much out of it if we don't understand some of the things that Peter is alluding to that he's that he's thinking back on right he's he's thinking back on Jesus but he's also thinking of, back on how that interacts with everything that they knew at that point right they didn't these are the scriptures so Peter's writing the scripture before that all that Peter has is everything that comes before Matthew Mark Luke and John in all of these letters right <clears throat> So he's thinking back to something like Numbers. Numbers 11, 24. This is just an example, right? So it says in Numbers 11, 24 through 25, So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied. But they didn't continue doing it. See, that's part of the sanctification, right? The Lord took the Holy Spirit that was on Moses and began to disperse it in the community. He's calling back to that. You're, you're sanctified in the Spirit. The Spirit came over your mind to cleanse your mind, to cleanse your heart, to prepare you for right where you are. For right in the place you are and to continually cleanse you, right? Sanctification means the continual cleansing, the preparation that's happening to become these holy people of God in a place you don't want to be, right? He's calling back to the idea of Moses in the wilderness. The Holy Spirit comes and He gives wisdom. And He prepares the hearts of the people to be leaders in the place where they are. <clears throat> right? Uh, to, to finish off this Numbers story, the reason that the 70 men were gathered is because, well, one or two people couldn't just do it all by themselves. Moses realized at some point, well, I'm, I'm just me. I, there's hundreds of thousands of people that are, that are coming to me and asking me questions, and I need, to, I need to be able to give them answers. I need to know if, you know, if somebody's getting in an argument about this or a fight about that or, um, I don't know, the kids are, you know, beating each other up in the street. I, I can't be everywhere. So, the Lord takes the Spirit and disperses it and gives it out to the people so that they're prepared to go to the place that God is calling them to be so that they can help each other and help Moses, right? <clears throat> so these people that receive the Spirit are those who are meant to speak the Word and 
as we go through, you'll, you'll, you'll start to see that Peter talks about how the Word affects you and how, how you need to minister it. That's going to be dealt with in this book. <coughs> so he is not taking on, I am an apostle, so therefore, uh, hear me out and you know ha- have me come by and I'll tell you everything you need to know. And then you'll never, nobody will ever ask you a question again. He's saying, look, you got dispersed. You're in a place of exile. Like in the olden, like in the Old Testament, like in the times of Jeremiah. <coughs> but the Lord's prepared you. Prepo- prepared more than just a Jeremiah here and a Ezekiel there. <coughs> he, he's prepared a whole group of people to go out into these places and to lead the lost to the Lord. Says, so he says, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for the, the sprinkling with His blood. So again, another Old Testament idea is coming in right, right here at the beginning, right at the start, right? Leviticus 8, and, and we've covered some of this part of Leviticus over the past few months if you go back some of our episodes um, I think it was like April May June some sometime in that time frame we we talked a bit about the the Levitical um, priesthood uh, Moses and the anointing of Aaron and his sons so I'm just gonna like if if you want to get an idea of what it means to be sanctified and prepared for the obedience to Jesus and for the sprinkling with His blood, maybe take a look at Leviticus 8. I'll read you just a little bit out of Leviticus 8. It says this, Then Moses took some of the anointing oil and of the blood that was on the altar and sprinkled it on Aaron and his garments and also on the sons, on his sons and his sons' garments. So he consecrated Aaron and his garments and his sons <coughs> and his son's garments with them with them what does that mean with them with the oil and the blood the oil is the spirit and the blood is the redeeming um sacrifice and blood of Jesus and if you actually read that chapter of Leviticus what they had to do to be prepared was be anointed, then lay their hands on the head of an animal and confess all of their sins over that animal and then sacrifice that animal. And then the blood of that animal <coughs> was like thrown on them. It was just like splashed on them. You know, we're like, oh, he sprinkled it. He had a big old jug of red blood and he like slapped you know, like slapped it out. And that's the cleansing of their sin because they had um, they had laid their hands on the head of that animal. And they had confessed their sin. And when they did that and they killed that animal, it died. <coughs> It died with their sin on its head. 
and there and the blood of it was like just like what Peter witnessed at the crucifixion. I mean, he you got to understand he he didn't just deny Jesus because you know they were walking around and somebody was saying some nasty things like he denied Jesus because he saw people rip out the man's beard and pull his hair out of his head and blood pour down and lay their hands, literally lay their hands on him. Three groups of people. The Jewish people. Three groups of people. The Jewish people. The secular government. And the Romans. That's that's all kingdoms. Let's you know. Let me talk that to you for a minute because that's just I, that's not what I wanted to tell you. But I want to tell you something. All representatives of all parties laid their hands on the head of Jesus on the day that he died. That's the Gentiles, the Jews, and the Greeks. That's everybody. All the all of those who will come under his authority laid their hands on his head and beat him till there was blood. And all of those parties then have the potential to receive his cleansing blood. He died for the sins of, of all. If they receive it. If they admit, I laid my hands on you. This is a, this, this, I mean that right there is just a con- conviction to your heart. At some point in your life, you laid your hands on the head of Jesus. And at some point in your life, you had to say, look, I drew blood. But I thank God that it's sprinkled on me for cleansing and not for my harm. It's not the blood of Abel that was just thrown to the ground and cried out against me. It was the blood of Jesus that covers what I wear. I wear it daily. That's forgiveness of sin. That's what confession brings. The blood of Jesus. And so... What he's what what Peter is getting at here that what I think Peter is getting at here in this first just the first couple of sentences <coughs> is look I'm the guy that hung out with Jesus I saw all these things and I know you're in a place you don't want to be you're all over the place you're everywhere and you're asking me for help, but God knew you would be where you are right now. The Lord sanctified you in the Spirit and is sanctifying you in the Spirit to be in the place where you are right now so that you can accept obedience to Him. Obedience to Him and no one else. 
and for the forgiveness of sins. Right? That's where you're at. In a hard place. Look, confession is a hard place in and of itself. Knowing that you you, you may have done some wrong things and, and being able to say, look, I did my part in some of this that's going on right now. Um, I took my place in it. Um, I haven't done everything right. I need a little sprinkle of blood today, right? Because I could I could see other people's part, but you know sometimes I need to see my own part and be obedient to confess that and and get the sprinkling of blood in the, in that place where where I'm at that I d- I don't want to be. Lord, I got myself into this mess. <laughs> I need a little blood to help me get out of it. You know, I've been bleeding a little too much my, on my own. I need some of your blood. And then he says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Now, that just, you know, coming out of that conversation we just had right there, that's pretty amazing. May grace and peace be multiplied to you, right? James talked all about how how you should be joyful and you should grow in in peace and, and joy as you suffer some trials in your life, right? So And then we just go right over to Peter and he's saying, look, you're exiled. You're in, a, you're in all these weird places that you don't know about. You're in these weird, there's Greek gods and all kinds of things happening all around you and you got to find a new community. you got to find a new church. you got to find a new synagogue. Um, you have to find other believers maybe in that place because y'all have been spread all over the place and you're looking for a place to be, a community. Maybe you need to, maybe you're in the place of starting the community. Who knows? <coughs> I'm, I'm praying for grace and peace to be multiplied. Not, not, not to be like, here, here's a little grace and peace. He's saying, oh, you've got a little, look, if you got the blood, the Lord gave you some grace. And just a little bit of peace. Now it's time to multiply it, right? Even in this time when you're when you're you're in a weird place where you you know you're, you're kind of lost. I think I think he got this from Jesus in John 17. See this whole book is going to be about this little prayer that Jesus said that he witnessed. He witnessed this prayer because it's written in the Gospels of John, and Peter was always around Jesus. Don't don't get mistaken. John is the one that Jesus loved, but Peter was always around. Okay? I mean, Peter's the one that Jesus went walking with on the beach. Right? But this is what this is just part of a prayer that Jesus said in John 17. He said about his disciples, <clears throat> they're not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. There's that sanctify word, right? Your word is truth. Your spoken word is truth. The word that you speak by your spirit is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself. There, there you go again with this sanctification in the Spirit. 
and the blood, consecration, cleansing, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I don't do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's the people that Peter's talking to. That's you and me today. <clears throat> that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. <clears throat> in them, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundations of the world. Right there, back to Jeremiah, right? <clears throat> I know the plans that I have. And this, just these little couple little sentences in my heart sums up what Jesus prayed for his disciples. He didn't pray, oh, make my disciples these great people that know some kind of magical secret that they're going to hold to themselves. He says, no, I, I already see in the future that there's going to be people spread all across the world that you're going to need these people that I have here right now, even though they may not like what I'm about to tell them, that I'm going to die and th this is going to happen and that's going to happen and what's about to come is not going to be all joy and candy and roses that at some point they're going to be dispersed. And it's because you decided to send me and I'm sending them. And that in the place where they're exiles, they have a choice. And I'm praying that they'll make a choice not to get stuck in their problem, not to get stuck in the rut, but in the place, even the place that they don't want to be, they'll be the truth of the Word. That they will be the truth of the Word. That they will speak what God speaks. That they'll have the pro prophetic anointing on them to speak in the land of exiles the good news of Jesus and the sprinkling of the blood. And that's going to be the book of Peter. That's our intro. I hope it was a good one. I hope the Lord spoke to you today. And um, Lord, I just I thank you, Lord, um, that you put us right where you right where you want us, Lord. Help us to see what you're doing in the season that we're in. Help us to know the place you have for us, and help us to get outside of ourselves and see the needs of others to proclaim your word even when we feel like we're having a hard time. I thank you, Lord, for all, all that you've done and all that you're about to do. I thank you, Lord, that, that you called us according to your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. Clamando luz
correndo e olhando para trás. 